Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. Is your postpartum quickly approaching, maybe feeling a little unprepared for the realities of inviting a new baby into your family? Need some practical ways to enjoy your postpartum? Well, Caitlin Laughlin joins me on the show today for a second time. Check out her first episode, which was all about the birth of her first son way back in episode 18. Caitlin is a planner and one of the most organized people I know. This episode, if you even take one thing from it, you'll definitely be making a difference in being prepared. Caitlin is a proud chiropractic wife, mom to two boys, and urban homesteader. She is passionate about healthy living, home birth, and Jesus, and we'll talk for hours about each of those topics if you let her. <laughs> On a given day, you can find her enjoying an iced matcha, cooking, listening to an audiobook, and trying to keep the toddler from loving too hard on his little brother. I also just want to send a quick thank you before we get into the show today to all of the supporters, whether that be in reviews, shares, or monthly gifts to help me keep this show going. Your monthly gift of three, five, or ten dollars allows me to keep giving you this podcast episodes every week, and I am just so thankful. And if that's something you feel led to do, go to patreon.com slash empowered birth podcast to start your monthly gift today. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm Allie McLean, registered nurse, home birth doula, and former feminist. My mission is to guide you into the freedom that is God's design for femininity, birth, and motherhood. There's a movement happening of powerful women uniting around finding out God's best for us. You're going to find information here that you won't find in your basic childbirth education class. You'll hear stories of women and birth professionals who are experiencing the redeeming experience that birth can be. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your way from pregnancy to postpartum and beyond. Are you ready to go on a Holy Spirit empowered adventure? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited for this episode today. We were just talking beforehand how we can just keep talking and talking about birth and postpartum forever. So this is going to be just such a fun and conversational episode. So I'm really excited. Can you just do a quick introduction, who you are and what you do? Yes. So my name is Caitlin. I live in the Omaha area. And I am a wife and a mama. My uh, husband, Andrew, he's a chiropractor out here. And we've got two little boys. Eric is about two and a half and Luke is coming up on five months now. So we are busy and outside a lot and just doing all the things that boy, little boys love to do. Yeah, I just love your mom life. I obviously follow you on Instagram. <laughs> and just seeing all your pictures outside and your activity, it just warms my heart. I love it so much. And today we are going to be talking about planning for postpartum. And we have had an episode about postpartum planning. And what is so cool about this is everybody plans differently. Like, 
nobody has this one perfect system to plan for a postpartum, but what is so good is continuing this conversation so that no matter where you're at or no matter what kind of birth you have or no matter what you're feeling afterwards, you can just be prepared and you can take little snippets from so many people. And that's why community is just so important. Like we should be having these conversations consistently because everybody's going to bring something new to the table. And so I'm really excited to hear about your postpartum experiences and how you became so passionate about planning for your best postpartum. Yeah, it's definitely something like you said, like having that conversation, because I feel like so often as moms, especially as new moms, we prepare for the pregnancy and the birth. And I think that's one reason that I was like, we should have this conversation is because with my first one, I was so fixated on that. I was so fixated on just getting him here. <laughs> and then I had him. And I remember like sitting there and being like, oh, oh, shoot. Now what? Like, mm-hmm. I, what, what am I supposed to do now? And I feel like I don't think I asked for help like I needed to. I didn't, I wasn't intentional with like what needed to happen. And I, I just, I don't think I had an idea of what really needed to happen after he, my first son was born. And so when we were pregnant with our second, I was a lot more intentional about thinking through like, what do I want this to look like? What needs to happen in order to make that happen? And I think you learn to what those things are. Like, I don't know if I could have verbalized that with our first Mm -hmm. uh, son, like, oh, I know that I need to have a clean space. I know that I need to have these certain things around the house somebody taking care of these things so that I can rest. Yeah. And so that was a huge learning process with my first son. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, I that takes me back to my first experience. And I mean, I didn't know anything about birth anyways. <laughs> my first son, I didn't plan for anything. So but feeling so out of control and lost. So this one is so good for a first time mom, because I think you're so right to each birth you have, you start realizing how important that postpartum time is. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the most cherished times like that first, especially two weeks for Mm -hmm. me are just so special. And it's time you will never get back with your baby. And so if you plan well, you can really soak up all of the just precious moments that you can get in that first two weeks. And, you know, some people stay in for 40 days Mm -hmm. and just like really get that healing and that bonding time. And I think that's wonderful. But again, everybody is so different. I have people who are like, I need to get out of that house at like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) this is such a good, good conversation to have. And thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and what you've learned about that. So why don't you start off? What is the one thing that women should be preparing for like immediate postpartum? So they've had the baby and then, then what? Like your postpartum right after the baby comes out. So what happens? So I think the three main things that you really need to focus on, especially in those like first five days are nourishing your body well, sleeping (laughs) when you can and bonding with your baby. 
like those are like the top three priorities in those first five days. And so really taking the time to sit through and think about what do I want my postpartum to look like? What, right. Just like when you're thinking about your birth and you're coming up with that birth plan and you like write down, like, I want it to be peaceful or I want this certain music playing and you like visualize how you want your environment to be taking that and then starting to do that with your postpartum and visualizing like, do I want people there? Like you said, like there's some people that are itching to get out and like need that social interaction. So, you know, maybe consider how considering having people come to you uh, and be in there at your home to fill that need while you're being able to sit there and rest. Maybe it's, you have a house with stairs and you want to make sure that you're not having to go up and down stairs. You want to just be able to be in your room or in one area, then what needs to be moved upstairs before baby comes so that you don't have to be going up and down the stairs. So just kind of little things like that, like visualizing that stuff will really help. And like I said, focusing on that eat well, sleep well, and bond well with your baby will really be crucial for those first five days. Yeah, that's super helpful to see. Like those are the three absolute main goals. And it's so true. When you can do all three of those well, your postpartum is just so enjoyable. But the reality is some people have more kids. Some people have, you know, husbands that go back to work the next day. And so I know one thing that is really important is help. And so what are some ideas on how to get help or who to ask for for help or what that might look like if you don't have anybody or you don't have the ability to hire anybody? Do you have any tips for that? I would say those three things will really help give you the framework for thinking through those things. Like you said, like, how do I, what do I need in order to make these things happen? And so like the help thing, that's crucial. So you can ask family members for us, what that looked like was having my mom and my mother-in-law alternate coming, staying in our home and like spending the night and being there for that first week. And then the next week they came and they would just do afternoons with us to kind of help out around the house. And then the third week, it was a little bit more sporadic with, I think they each came maybe once or twice that third week. So, so you can request help from family members. It doesn't have to be your mom. I know I've had friends who have had their dads come stay with them or just pop in aunts uncles, whoever you are close with and comfortable with, they can come in and help out with things. Friends, we have a really awesome community here. And so we had a lot of friends come out. There is the option to hire doula. There's postpartum doulas that specifically specialize in that. And they do a variety of different things. They can do everything from make you meals. Like I know I have a friend who hired someone to do all of her postpartum meal prep for her and, or someone, a friend who had someone come and like even stay overnight with her. So those are options as well. You can also solicit help from friends and family for the meal making process. So something that we did for, to like cover the whole meal aspect was starting around week 25-ish, I started making extra meals each week. And so obviously this depends on like your freezer space and everything. But what I would do is I would take 
And each week I would make a meal that was freezer friendly and I would just double it that week and then put one in the freezer. And so if you start that around week 20, 25 ish, by the time baby comes, you'll have roughly 20 meals set aside in your freezer ready to go. And you haven't had to do some crazy full-blown meal prep thing. You can also do like meal trains and things like that. So I had my meal train with my second start on, I think it was his, like when he was like three weeks old, because I knew I was going to have my mom and my mother-in-law there the first two weeks to help with meals and things. And so I had that start that third week. And then I only had it come twice a week so that it kind of spread out. So that lasted until he was roughly seven weeks old. And I just mixed in the meals that people brought us with the meals I had for my, in my freezer. And so I didn't have to cook from scratch a meal for six weeks. And that was huge, like so helpful. I think the other thing to be thinking about too, is like, if you're thinking about those things, like eat well, sleep well, bond well, like if you have other kids in the mix, like who's going to be helping with them, where are they going to be going? That's another great way to ask friends to help is to take the older one to go do like go to the park or go to the zoo or something fun to do with other kids and kind of getting out and about. The thing that I really thought through with that though is obviously there's a lot of transition happening for that older child. And so I was very conscious of like, I didn't want him to ever feel like, okay, this new baby showed up. Now you're going to just be out of the house and you're going to be gone. You're going to like, you just go away type thing. I really was careful about making sure like, Hey, is this something he's excited about? Is he going to have fun with this? And then I had a mentor actually share with me uh, before I had our second son. Uh, Cause I was asking her kind of about this type of process or once you have another baby, like what's one thing you wish you had known And she said that she wishes that she had been more forthcoming with people about like wanting to spend time with her oldest. And so she's like, people were so quick and intentional about like coming and, you know, taking the oldest to go do things. She's like, I wish I would have said, you know, actually, can you just sit here and hold the baby for a little bit and let me take the oldest to the park for 20 minutes and spend some time with them. And so we were able to do that with less postpartum here is when my, it was the day that my husband was off and I knew that baby was okay. And I was like, you know what, we're going to, I'm going to take the oldest. We're going to go to Home Depot. And we just went to Home Depot for like an hour or something. And he sat on the lawnmowers and he just had a blast, but it was just kind of like, Hey, we're just going to go spend some time and connect. And it was good too, because then dad got some time to bond with baby And so that was a good thing too. Okay, and now it's time to share one of my sponsors with you. After my first birth, which ended in a traumatic C-section, I started researching literally everything, including things that go in and on me and my family's body. I started getting rid of everything, first starting with cleaning products and then over-the-counter meds, but makeup has been the hardest thing for me to replace. It seems as all the natural makeup is in powder form and with the type of coverage that I like, it just was not cutting it. That's when I found Araza Beauty's all-in-one coconut cream foundation. This foundation actually improves my skin while providing sun protection and of course, 
even coverage. With a dewy finish, almost like a BB cream, it's perfect for everyday wear. Plus, it's packed with ingredients like jojoba oil, probiotics, antioxidants, and zinc oxide, which provides SPF 28 coverage. I also love that Araza Beauty is a woman-owned and dedicated to giving back to victims of domestic violence. I feel great about supporting this company, which makes it super luxurious makeup even more satisfying. Now, I recommend with starting with the foundation. See what I did there, foundation? <laughs> you won't regret it. Just to make it easier for you, Araza is giving my listeners a special discount of 15% off. So go to arazabeauty.com and use the code EMPOWEREDBIRTH at checkout. And can I just go back yeah. real quick? Yeah. I know that people will message me and be like, okay, so she made a meal every week, but like, what did she make? <laughs> like, I know they're yeah. going to want to have at least a couple of ideas of good freezer meals. Oh, and I, there's so much out on the internet. Yes. Totally get that. Yeah. Like, what were your top three favorite? Maybe we can just oh, go back to that. Okay. For a I do plan, but I also am very much a like, fly by the seat of my pants cook as to like it. what's in my fridge what what's yeah. the, have going on yeah no every That's week you post it. your like meal plan that you have for that week how closely do you follow that I would say like 85 percent that's pretty good so... I'd probably be like 20 I'm like that's why meal planning is so hard for me like I'll write yeah. stuff down and then I don't, I don't follow it. So I think that to me, though, is still like success because I think half the battle is just getting something on paper. And like, even if you don't follow it a hundred percent, like you're living life and you're making adjustments as you go. And so for me, like the meal plan is not so much like I have to follow this thing, like to the T it's, if I get in a bind and I'm like, I don't know what to cook or whatever. Like I have my meal plan. I go and I look and it's like, this is what I'm supposed to cook today. But if it's something pops up and you're going to be out and you guys decide to go get pizza one night, but you had originally planned to do this other thing, that's okay. You're Mm -hmm. living life. Yeah. So let's see here. Another thing I did was I created a document that I shared with my mom and my mother-in-law of just like, were my top three needs for postpartum. I asked my husband, what were his top three needs for postpartum? What are five words that I wanted to describe my postpartum? A lot of this stuff, I use the beautiful one midwifery's postpartum support and planning bundle. I think you shared that in your Instagram one time. And so I purchased that and they have a lot of these questions and things that you can kind of go through and help you cast vision for what you want that to be. And so Let's see here. We did something that was helpful was having some breakfasts made and ready to go. I think people are quick to make dinners. And so so we had like egg muffins, regular muffins. Those were my main go-tos. Pancakes. I made a big batch of pancakes one time as we got closer and just froze the extras. I also, I'm a big smoothie person, especially immediately postpartum because I'll do cut the placenta up and I'll put it in my smoothies. (laughs) Don't worry. I freeze it. So that was kind of my main thing immediately postpartum was like doing smoothies and stuff. And then for dinners, 
see here. We did a beef stew. That one was really good. And that's nice because you can just kind of have everything like just chop it all up. Stews are really great for postpartum because you can chop up like carrots and celery and onions, like a big batch of them at one time and then divide them up and just add different, like add sweet potatoes into one or potatoes into another one. And you can put chicken with one and beef with another. And it's really good to get bone broth and those really good nutrient dense foods into your body postpartum. And those are, that's just a really easy way to do that. My mom made us like a slow cooker, crispy carnitas meat. And so she just cooked the meat up and put it in like a freezer bag. And then we had, we got like the toppings and stuff for like tacos fresh. So that was a good thing. That's another kind of hack is just taking and making like the meats. If you eat meat, just cooking up all the meat items ahead of time. And then when it comes to the time of like, those are the meals that I had us do when my mother-in-law and my mom were here because they could make rice or they could make a quick little side dish to go with it. There was a chicken spaghetti dish that my mom made us that was really good. Baked penne pasta, cheesy ground beef and rice. That one was good. The sausage, peppers, and veggies. That's a really easy one. That's one that I'll make a lot for my friends when they have babies. You just take sausage and cut it up and then whatever veggies you want. So like peppers or potatoes, squash, like zucchini or yellow summer squash, mushrooms. Those are all really good. And I just like toss them with olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic, oregano, thyme, whatever seasoning I have in my cabinet. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Just toss that all together and then throw it in a bag and freeze it. People have asked me before, like, well, do potatoes freeze well and stuff? And I think that you can get really technical about it. And like, yes, there are certain things that freeze better than others. But for me, as I was going into this, I was just all about like function more than necessarily like, is this going to be a gourmet meal when it comes out? Like, I was like, I just want there to be sustenance for my family and I want it to be easy and quick. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I froze a lot of things that maybe some people wouldn't necessarily freeze. So you can kind of use your judgment on that. And when you're doing this, using a lot of like, I don't want to like add to the environmental issues that we have, but like disposable, disposable containers and things Mm -hmm. so that you're not having to do dishes unless you have a husband who's like really doesn't mind, but that would be a lot of containers and things. So one of the uh, best advice tips I ever got from a friend was just use the paper plates, Allie. Just use paper plates. Yes. It's (laughs) okay. If you need to use paper plates, just use them without guilt because you need that time. Yes. And that's okay. And I did just remember one of my favorite recipes. So one of my favorite all-time recipes was the French dip sandwich. That Mm, one's so good. We still do that one. You can just take beef stew meat. So like at the store, they'll usually have like just chopped up meat all ready to go. And you season it and put this like marinade with it and you just freeze it. It was like in like a little quart size bag. It was just the meat. And then you can buy the cheese and the bread and you can freeze that and have that ready to go. And so then all you do is you just take it, the meat, dump it into your slow cooker in the morning. And then that 
evening you have French dip sandwiches ready to go. So that was super good. good. I love those sandwiches. That's awesome. Well, this is super helpful. Okay. So going back to your oldest kids, Mm -hmm. you're okay. So you really made an intention to hang out with them. And that's so wonderful. Was that something where people felt like they were doing something? If they came over, did they feel helpful? And were they willing to hang out with the baby so that you could go off? And did you feel okay leaving? How did that dynamic work? Yeah. So that was definitely, I was probably like three or four weeks postpartum when we first did that. And so before that, what we would do is I would have time where I would have like my husband or my mother-in-law or mom take the baby and I would just sit with our son and we would read books together. He loves reading books. And so I made sure to have some, just some intentional time to like read books with him. And then when we did our bedtime routine, I would usually try to have the baby put down and in a different room so that we did our bedtime routine just one-on-one, which is how obviously how he was used to it before baby came. And then once I was about four weeks postpartum, because I left the house at two weeks postpartum for a pelvic floor therapy appointment, which that's a whole nother thing. I think you did a podcast on that. Highly recommend that. And so for the first few weeks, that's the only thing I was leaving the house for was to go get adjusted and to go to therapy. So I wasn't really ready to like go out and like do things necessarily until closer to four weeks postpartum. And that's when we went and did that. And it's like I said, I felt very okay with it and very comfortable with it because baby was with dad. And I know that's important for them to get some bonding time too. And it was good for me to kind of get out and clear my head and just do something fun. And it's always fun when you see your kids' faces like light up and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that that would be good for him as well. It's so good. Yeah. You're such a good intentional mom. I love it so much. Okay. Well, is there anything else postpartum wise that you feel like women should be planning for or just even thinking about? What would you leave women with today? Yeah, I think so. Something that if this process overwhelms you, really just focus on the first three weeks. That's kind of how I broke it down was like, okay, and like staggering kind of the level of help in that. Like, I know first week I'm probably going to be like not helpful at all. (laughs) Like, I need a lot of help that week. And then the next week I'm going to have a little bit less and the next week I'm going to have a little bit less so I can kind of ease myself into this new normal of life. And so just really focus on those first three weeks. And if you want to do longer than that, great, but really getting intentional about that time will be so helpful. And also remembering that like, even if your husband is, your spouse is around and available to help, they need breaks too. And so that was something that I learned in this process was like, I would be, my husband has Thursdays off. And so I'm like, oh, I don't need my mom or mother-in-law to come over or anyone to come over on Thursdays because my husband's here. Well, he is also adjusting to this new normal. He's still having to go to work. And then when he comes home, he's used to maybe having some downtime, but now he's full on help with the oldest one. And so 
I was, I made sure to still have my mom or someone come over on those days so that he could go get some time by himself. And I still had help at the house. So that comes back to like identifying those top three priorities for each of you. And I know for my husband, he's an introvert. He needs that time alone. And so that was something that we made sure to prioritize and make sure that he got so that he could keep his sanity too. But ultimately, like the cool thing is, is, you know, just like your birth plan and your pregnancy and everything, like you get to tailor this to you and who you are. The whole thing that we wanted to, or that I, my heart and like having this conversation is just to bring up, like, there are resources and there are things out there to be able to start thinking through this. And just like you get super intentional about planning for your birth, your postpartum is just as important. I feel like it really sets the tone for the next year, at least of the baby's life. And I think they have studies out there that you probably know more than I do that say that the first few, however many days of your postpartum affects the next, however many years of your life, which is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. I can find that and post it. Yeah. So it's just, it's worth taking some time to just think through and to come up with a plan and, mm-hmm. and start with that vision and then ask yourself, okay, like, what needs to happen. Like for me, it was like a clean house. Like that's something that if my environment's in chaos, I don't rest well. Mm -hmm. And so I solicited help from my mom and my sister. I was like, can you guys come like ask my mom about a week after baby was born? Like, can you clean my house? And just simple, like vacuum, clean the bathrooms. And I think that was like pretty much it. And then my sister came at about six weeks postpartum and did a cleaning of the house so that I could rest then knowing that like, okay, on these dates, people are going to come and clean my house. Mm, It's going to be okay. So, so so yeah, just figuring out what that is for you and getting creative as to how, how to make that happen. Yeah. That's so good. And such a good point too, that like with our birth plan, it starts with an intention And it starts with a vision. And so I love how you laid that out in the beginning. Like our intention is that we're going to nourish our body, sleep, and then bond. And then our vision for how that's going to look is going to be different Mm -hmm. and based on who we are and our lives. So Mm -hmm. it's just so good to just sit and even if all you do for the next couple of weeks while you're pregnant is just think about what you want your postpartum to be. You'll be further along than most women mm-hmm. who don't think about it one time. Yeah. So I think this was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Caitlin. I really appreciate you coming on. I think that many women are going to benefit from this reminder that postpartum is so important. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Welcome. Yeah. And how can people connect with you before we go? on Instagram is the main place and it's just at Caitlin Laughlin. Perfect. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Allie. So glad Caitlin came on the show today. I know if I just take one thing from our episode, I will be doing a whole lot better than I did with my other births. So make sure you connect with Caitlin by clicking the link below. And thanks again for joining me on today's episode. Stay empowered.